The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Walker Fluhart, filling in for Matt Johnson tonight, uh, my first ever official solo podcast. I know, right, I can't believe they're letting me do it either. Uh, he was feeling a little bit under the weather tonight, so I will be taking you through your game recaps. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it, starting out with the Thursday night game. We had Green Bay Packers traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, anybody who watched that game can tell you that was an amazing game. Uh, excuse me. That was an amazing game. The Packers knocked off the previously undefeated Cardinals 24-21 to in a thriller. Thanks to a game-stealing interception by Kyler Murray, uh, A.J. Green apparently just decided to retire in the middle of his route in the fourth quarter. Um, a couple of notes for the game here. Uh, is Kyler Murray, it's, it seems like this time, just about every year he's been in the league, he starts getting, taking a lot of hits. He starts getting banged up. I know he was banged up limping off the field, uh, at the end of last week's, at the end of this loss. Um, and then going over to Green Bay side, man, Aaron Rodgers just finding a way to get it done. I mean, even looking at his stat line here, Rodgers passed for 184 yards and two touchdowns versus Kyler Murray's. 274 yards and two interceptions. A.J. Dillon led the Packers in rushing with 16 carries for 78 yards, and Chase Edmonds led the Cardinals with seven carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, he was questionable to play with that hamstring injury if you listen to our Pick'ems episode and listen to that who's in a walker walker, but he ended up deciding to go in and, and try to play. He only caught two balls for 66 yards, and Aaron Jones actually led the Packers in receiving for the Packers with seven receptions for 51 yards. So Arizona, no longer undefeated. Um, still looking pretty good in the standings, though. Definitely feeling like they're definitely going to make the playoffs. And the Packers, man, whew, gosh, what else can you say? They're running away with the NFC North, and they're looking pretty good. They're looking like possibly one of the best teams in the NFC. All right, moving on from there, we have our one o'clock slate, so let's fire on through that. Starting with the Panthers at Falcons. Panthers knocking off the Falcons 19 to 13 as the defense shines. They snap their skid. Um, Sam Darnold, a uh, couple of quick, well, we'll start out with the bigger, I guess, of the two. Calvin Ridley, stepping away from football via his Twitter, decided to uh, announce to the public, and I know that I speak for everybody here at the Two Point Conversation, saying we fully support him and anybody else who feels like they need to go out and get any of the kind of help they need. Uh, there's no need for negativity. We should all want everybody to be healthy, and he has decided that he is going to step away from football at this time. Um, with that being said, Kyle Pitts wasn't enough to, to step up and, I guess, take the reins as the number one weapon. Um, 
Sam Darnold actually got hurt in this game, possible concussion. It was a it was a nasty hit if you if you rewatched it. Uh, Sam Darnold did though lead them in passing with 13 of 24 for 129 yards. Contrary to that, Matt Ryan was looking pretty good with this stat line other than these couple picks. 20 of 27 for four, 146 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, man, he stepped up, 24 carries, 82 yards and a touchdown. Mike Davis for the Falcons, nine carries for 44 yards. And then receiving more, getting it done for the uh, Cardinals, four receptions, 59 yards. And then, I'm not even sure this man's first name, his last name is Sharp, five receptions for 58 yards. Uh, honestly, takeaways from this game. I still don't believe in Carolina, especially considering that uh, Sam Darnold's looking at a possible concussion, and I don't think P.J. Walker is by any means uh, definitely ready to lead the Panthers to the Super Bowl. And then for the Falcons, I mean, they're they're sitting at three and four. Um, you know, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see for them. But moving on, we go to the Dolphins at Bills. The Dolphins traveled to the Bills and got knocked off eleven to twenty six. Uh, it was a very, very slow first half. I unfortunately didn't get to watch the game, and that's all I could hear was it was a slow first half. Got The Bills just had so much trouble getting going. But, man, in the second half, Josh Allen came in, and two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. He was 29 of 42 for 249 yards, and those touchdowns, like I said, versus Tua, who, I mean, say what you want. He was 21 of 39 for 205 yards and a pick. I mean, I don't know. The jury's really still out on him. I don't think you can really make an assumption after, I believe, it's, what, like 11 games of starting. Uh, if you go down here to the rushing, we've got Miles Gaskin get, racking up 12 carries for 36 yards versus Josh Allen actually leading the Bills, shocker there, in rush yards also with eight carries, 55 yards, and one touchdown. But as far as receiving goes, Cole Beasley was the man today. 10 receptions, 110 yards. And then Devontae Parker for the Dolphins was able to haul in eight receptions for 85 yards. Um, man, the Dolphins have just dropped seven straight. I mean, you you wonder if they're just looking at next year. I think I read an article earlier wondering if uh, Brian Flores was looking like he was going to be on the hot seat. He doesn't seem too concerned by it. And I don't think he should be either. I mean, I think this is only like, what, a second second or third year coming in. You know, they're still trying to figure things out with Tua and then the injuries you know, trying to make that defense good. But uh, that's about it for this game. So let's move on to the 49ers at Bears. Wow. Uh, Matt Nagy was not present at this game coaching, and you could definitely tell. Um, Justin Fields looked pretty good that game, I would say. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I did get to see some of the highlights. Uh, San Francisco knocked off Chicago 33-22. to uh, Garoppolo, second time playing there, I believe, with San Francisco. Second win there. He actually grew up near Chicago. Uh, I was reading earlier. Let me see here in my notes here. Yeah, Matt Nagy might definitely be the problem. Uh, I would say that if you're looking at coaches that could potentially go after the season, he is definitely on that list because Justin Fields, I mean, his stat line might not reflect it nearly as much, but if you watch that game, he just he played with so much more confidence, it seemed like, with whoever was calling the plays. Um, and then moving down to that Debo Samuel. Wow. I know I got him in fantasy this year. Congratulations to anybody else who was able to pick him up because wow, he hasn't been nothing but a stud for me. 
Uh, let's go down here to your game leaders. We got Jimmy G going 17 of 28 for 322 yards. Uh, Justin Fields was 19 of 27 for 175, one touchdown, one INT. However, he also had 10 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty dang good, if you ask me. Elijah Mitchell led them with rushing the San Francisco 49ers, 18 carries, 137 yards, one touchdown. Receiving yards, Darnell Mooney. Wow. I think Justin Fields is taking a liking to him. Six receptions, six receptions, 64 yards. No touchdowns for him, though. And then on the other side, Debo Samuel led them with six receptions for 171 yards. Wow. Talk about some receptions. That's that's looking pretty dang good, if you ask me. I think that uh, Debo Samuel's definitely stepping up and coming out as a wide receiver one for them. Um, that's about all the notes that I have for... For the 49ers, let's move down here. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Pittsburgh knocked off Cleveland in a 15-10 to slugfest. Big Ben, say what you want about him. Old, washed up. Man still owns the Browns. Uh, I believe before, I think it was either this year, I think Big Ben, this year or last year, he had the record for most wins at the Cleveland Browns Stadium, which is pretty pathetic if you ask me. He was 12-2-1 in Cleveland in his career. Um, I, I don't have much else to say about it. I mean, they always just find a way to, to edge it out. I think I was reading here earlier that Roswell, their kicker, he got injured in this. So that kind of hindered their game plan just a little bit, but they were able to still sneak it out. Big Ben, he was 22 of 34 for 266 yards and a touchdown while Baker Mayfield was 20 for 31, 225 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, going down to rushing yards, Najee Harris, 26 carries, 91 yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb, 16 carries, 61 yards. Uh, receiving yards, I know I was reading earlier Jarvis Landry. Uh, I believe he had a fumble. He just was not himself today. I know he was coming back from that injury a couple weeks ago, but I don't know. He I Hopefully he'll be able to get himself together. I really like Jarvis. He had five receptions for 65 yards. And then Deontay Johnson, on the uh, Steelers, he had six receptions for 89 yards. Yeah, the Browns, they just couldn't pull it together. I mean, not too, too much to take away from this game. Cleveland sitting at 4-4, four and four, Pittsburgh sitting at 4-3. and three. Uh, You know, I don't really have too many takeaways for this game. It was a divisional game. Divisional games were always hard. I think both teams just need to move on and go from there. You know, Pittsburgh's definitely got to figure out their kicker situation, while Cleveland, Baker Mayfield still having that shoulder injury, you know kind of questions that might raise, but we'll see for the future. And then moving on down here to the game that I did actually get to watch today, Philadelphia at Detroit. Wow. Philly. Um, if you listen to our weekly pick'em episodes, you will definitely know how in love Jack and I are with Detroit. But you will also definitely know how in love we are with Garner Minshew. So this was a battle just in our hearts. We just couldn't pick a side. Um, I think there were a couple of us that picked Detroit. I really don't know, understand Detroit. I, I mean, they lost 44 to six. That was just ridiculous. I mean, I really don't know what else to say. It's 44 to six against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm just going to go to my notes here real quick. Even in a win, Hertz did not look that good. They ended up in the fourth quarter later, um, they ended up, I believe here, let me see. They ended up pulling Hertz because they were winning so much and put him in with Garner Minshew. And then it just, 
Garner Minshew, I believe he was a – let me go to the full box score real quick. Yeah, two for two, 11 yards, 100% completion percentage. Our man, you know how much we love us, some Garner Minshew around here. Um, Hurts did not look too great. All of their – all of the scores came on the ground. Um, lots of goal line rushes for the Eagles. I don't know. I just – I don't know what to make of Detroit. Jalen Hurts, he was 9 of 14 for 103 yards. He also rushed seven carries for 71 yards. He led them in rushing. Uh, Jared Goff was 25 of 34 for 222 yards. And, man, he just did not look together. DeAndre Swift, 12 carries, 27 yards, no scores. And then Dallas Goddard led the uh, Eagles in receiving with six receptions for 72 yards. And TJ Hawkinson led the receiving for the Lions with 10 receptions for 89 yards. Um like I said, all those things with the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, can he be the guy? That remains to be seen. Uh, Jared Goff, man, the Lions might seriously be drafting a quarterback next year. I didn't really think I'd be saying that, but he has just been so hot and cold. And I mean, I really don't know what it is, if it's just Detroit or we just need them to win so we can post all the memes that we made earlier about the uh, kneecaps and Dan Campbell. Because, you know, we're just we're ready to fire those off. Let me see here. Moving on down to oof, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Wow. I unfortunately did not get to watch this game, but whew, talk about a match. 34-31, Tennessee wins in overtime. Um, I saw the highlight. Carson Wentz, two late interceptions. He, he put Tennessee back in this game, unfortunately. I mean, he threw an interception right out of the end zone that I believe was brought into a, for a pick six that brought – brought them right back into this game and man, I feel sorry for Matt. I really do. That was that was one hell of a game. Um I will say though, a bright spot for the Colts on this, they managed to hold Derrick Henry of all people to 68 yards on 28 carries. That is ridiculous. This was definitely a passing passing game for them. Uh Ryan Tannehill was 23 of 33 for 265 yards and three touchdowns, but he also had two picks. On the other side of that, Carson Wentz, 27 of 51 for 231 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Uh, Jonathan Taylor led the Colts in rushing with 16 carries for 70 yards, one touchdown. Man, he's a stud. Michael Pittman Jr., stepping up, proven he can be wide receiver one with 10 receptions, 86 yards, and two TDs. But right on the other side, A.J. Brown coming out, showing them he can be their guy with Julio out. 10 receptions, 155 yards, and one touchdown. Um, this was a tough divisional game. Man, it's just, uh, wow, I, I'm just still in awe. That game was intense from the highlights that I saw and the game cast that I was able to watch. Um, I, yeah, not really much else to say. That was tough. Um, moving forward for Tennessee, they're 6-2. and two. They're looking pretty good for the division. Colts, 3-5. and five. I know that they have a tough schedule coming up, but... I still feel confident with them. I think that they can pull it together, and if they can, they can keep down the mistakes that they were having. I think that they can probably, uh, they could probably salvage their season and at least try to maybe sneak into the back of the playoffs in one of those wild card spots. Coming up next, we had Cincinnati at the New York Jets. Wow. All I'm gonna say is, it is Mike White time. In New York, wow, Mike White, first NFL start. You know how they talk about next man up any given Sunday? This man embodies that. 
You look at what Zach Wilson had done all year long. This man came in against the number one seeded Bengals, who were looking like they were going to knock everybody off. They were so electric. They were on fire. That man put up 405 yards and three touchdowns on him on 37 attempts out of 45. He did also throw two picks, but wow, man, he was slinging it. Joe Burrow, 21 of 34, 259 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Still showing worthy of a number one pick. Um, Michael Carter led them in rushing and receiving. He had 15 carries, 77 yards, one touchdown for the Jets, nine receptions for 95 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon led the Bengals here with 14 carries, 33 yards, and a touchdown. And then T. Higgins, four receptions, 97 yards. I just, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, the Bengals, they just, they dropped the ball. I didn't get to watch the game, but man, talk about next man up. That's all I'm going to say. Congratulations to Mike White. I mean, talk about getting an opportunity and making the most of it. Uh, Looking forward, I mean, Cincinnati, I believe they're sitting at, they're either sitting at second or third in the division, if I remember last time I was looking behind Baltimore. Um, I mean, that's, that's just going to be one of those, I think that, Cincinnati is going to Cincinnati and Baltimore are going to be fighting for that that uh that spot for the division leader and then the other one's just going to be basically cemented in as a wild card. The Jets, I mean, obviously you don't tank, you don't play for the draft, but you know, with everybody thinking Zach Wilson was out for all this time, the season, you know, uh, you know, are we going to be able to do anything? People like Mike White. That is why tanking will never exist. That is why the next man up mentality, you got to prove it. And believe me, he stepped up and did. Uh, moving on down, Rams at Texans. Um, as far as the Rams and Texans goes, I don't really think too many people had too much stock in this game unless you were a Rams or a Texans fan. Uh, I think it was pretty universal going into it that the Rams were going to blow out the Texans, which they were up until the, the fourth quarter. I uh, believe Sean McVay pulled Matt Stafford in the fourth quarter. And the in the fourth quarter, the Texans managed to score, let me see here, all of their 22 points uh, in that fourth quarter. And then I guarantee you he was probably sweating because Matthew Stafford was going off early. 21 of 32, 305 yards, three touchdowns. Darrell Henderson, 14 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And then Cooper Cup, what else can you say about him? Man's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's all-time receptions re- or receiving yard records. Seven receptions, 115 yards, and a TD. Go over to the other side. Davis Mills, 29 of 38, 310 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. He's showing a little bit of promise. I believe that uh, Tarod Taylor is supposed to get the starting job when he comes back. But Davis Mills, I mean, he's looking, he's looking like he could – not going to say be the future, but I mean, he's he's throwing his hat in the mix for, for the starting job, at least for this season. Rex Burkhead, wow, that's a name we haven't heard in a long time. Four carries, 21 yards, one touchdown, leading them in rushing. And then Brandon Cooks, six receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, let me roll over here to my notes. Yep, the Texans, they're just still pushing on. I mean, they're 1-7 and seven right now. They're playing, you know, David Culley, I mean... Say what you want. Nobody wanted that job, but he's making the best of it. He's definitely giving his all. Um, then moving over to the Rams side of it, whew, I guarantee you Sean McVay was sweating pulling Stafford 
And when they when they were about to catch up, he might be about to send him back in. But yeah, the Rams, it's it's them, it's the Packers. They're you know they're looking like top top teams. They're fighting Arizona right now for the number one seed in the NFC West, and I think they're they're essentially a playoff lock for me at this point. It's just a matter of what seeding they're going to get. But uh, definitely thinking the Rams are they're going all in this year, and then the Texans they're they're honestly looking towards next year with the whole. Deshaun Watson and you know we'll see if something comes from the trade deadline which I believe if you're listening to this episode is tomorrow so Tuesday I believe is the trade deadline but uh let's go ahead and move it on down here to the Patriots at Chargers wow um Bill Belichick still owns new QBs and I know Justin Herbert's not a new quarterback he was in last year but man Bill Belichick what what else can you say I mean First and second year quarterbacks, that man is that man just owns them. The Patriots knocked them off 27-24. Um it it was definitely a thriller. I know that uh Phillips got a pick six on the uh Phillips got a pick six right at the end. Um and that I pretty think pretty much sealed it. Um I guess Hopkins is getting settled in with the uh, with the Chargers. I know they just signed him from Washington, and he's probably going to go on to have a long and successful career there now that Washington let him go because he uh, apparently wasn't consistent enough. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the Chargers, they're just going to keep pushing. I think a lot of, lot of good things looking for them, even if they're not. I'm sure that in their mind they're playoff hopefuls this year, but I think that uh, either way – Justin Herbert looking like a stud. I think that they are definitely building for the future and that give them another year or two and watch out. That's all I'm going to say. They're going to be fighting the Chiefs. They're going to be fighting the Chiefs for the uh, AFC West, I believe. Uh, let's go down here to your stats. Mac Jones, 18 of 35 for 218 yards, looking good. Uh, Justin Herbert, 18 of 35, 223 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Those interceptions killed him on that game, I know. Um, Harris rushing for the, uh, New England Patriots, 23 carries, 80 yards and a touchdown. Jackson led the, uh, led the chargers in rushing three carries, 79 yards. Well, that's a pretty good stat line. And then who else? Keenan Allen, six receptions, 77 yards, one touchdown. Nelson Aguilar, three receptions, 60 yards. Um, yeah, as far as outlooks go, New England, they're sitting at four and four with Mac Jones. This is kind of a transitional year. I don't think anybody really expects them to, do anything as far as like deep playoff runs. I think Buffalo is pretty much going to going to own that division, but they might sneak in as a wild card. And like I said, Los Angeles there, they're sitting here, they're looking for they're looking for a wild card too. I can I can guarantee that. I don't know with the Raiders, you just got to see what they're going to do or the Chiefs going to get themselves together. That division is just honestly at this point, I feel like it's anybody's for the taking. Um moving on down here, Jacksonville Jaguars at Seattle. Um the Jags might be the worst team in the NFL, even worse than Detroit. They just lost 7-31, to and they let Geno Smith, of all people, look like Russell Wilson. I mean, Allen Robinson got hurt, which definitely did not help the Jaguars this year, but I don't know. If I'm them, I'm, I'm honestly playing for the draft, looking if I can beef up that offensive line, get some more weapons, get healthy, and then get rid of Urban Meyer and... And I know he's definitely on the hot seat. I really don't see him coming back next year, but 
Uh, Geno Smith, man, talk about another one of those giving it your opportunity. And I know it was the Jags, but Geno Smith, 20 of 24, 195 yards and two touchdowns. And then let me see here, Trevor Lawrence, 32 of 54, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Carlos Hyde for the Jags, nine carries, 32 yards. Collins for the Seahawks, 10 carries, 44 yards. Receiving, uh, Tyler Lockett leading Seattle, no surprise there. DK Metcalf did haul in two touchdowns, but Tyler Lockett led them in receiving with 12 receptions for 142 yards. And then Arnold for the Jaguars, eight receptions, 68 yards. Uh, as far as my notes go, yeah, I've just got Geno Smith making an opportunity, taking taking it, and then Robinson. Man, that's killer for Jacksonville. Both of their star running backs are hurt, and it's just it's not looking too good for them. I'm I'm sure that internally in the organization they're probably looking on to next year already. They're one and six, not looking too hot. Seattle sitting at three and five. Russell Wilson got the pins taken out of his fingers today. I know he's looking to come back as soon as possible and try to save the season, but man, I I don't know. The Seahawks, everyone says, how relying on they on Russ. This game might show you different, but I still think that if Russell Wilson was out for the year right now, Seattle would struggle to to even break even as far as wins go. But moving on from them, we have <laughs> We have Washington at Denver. Wow. This game almost made me be sick too. I didn't even I didn't even watch the whole thing. I've I've given up on Washington's season. Washington lost ten to seventeen. Uh, I was saying earlier they got rid of Hopkins. Chris blew it. Blew it again with two blocked field goals. Um I mean I, I really don't know what else to say about him. It's just arguments back and forth. Taylor Heineke, can he be the guy this year? Can he not? You know, our running back trio, Jarrett Patterson, McKissick, Gibson, I think that's turning into more of like a, you know, trying to split it up, try to not wear anybody down specifically. But uh, are the Broncos still bad? I know they're sitting at 4-4 four and four in that division, but they have that great start, and then, man, they skidded. And Washington's not exactly a game that Denver comes out, and they didn't dominate at. It was still a, it was still a very, very, very close game. Thanks. I mean, Taylor Heineke threw two picks, and without that one right there at the end, I mean, you know, we could be looking at a different. We could be looking at a different outcome. But uh, let's go down here to your game leaders. Taylor Heineke, twenty-four of thirty-nine, two hundred and seventy-nine yards, one touchdown, two picks. Teddy Bridgewater keeping it conservative, nineteen of twenty-six for two hundred and thirteen yards and one TD. Rushing, Jarrett Patterson for Washington, eleven carries, forty-six yards. Good for him. That was the undrafted rookie out of Buffalo. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 10 carries, 47 yards, one touchdown. Receiving, J.D. McKissick, eight receptions, 83 yards. And then Patrick for the Denver, three receptions, 64 yards. I know they got Jerry Judy back, so I know they're definitely eager to incorporate him back into the game plan. But uh, as far as outlooks go, I mean, Dallas is running away with the division. I'm recording this now as the uh, Minnesota-Dallas game is going on and Honestly, Dak's not playing. They're smart to rest him. They've pretty much got the division locked down. Um, Denver, like I said, that division, it's kind of a toss-up. We still don't know if they're good or bad, so I guess we're just going to have to wait and see for them. But I predict that Washington will be in the quarterback market this offseason, and Teddy Bridgewater seems to, I don't know. I don't know if he's 
the guy for the next few years or if he's, you know, a transitional guy, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. But either way, I know both teams are looking on. And then looking down here, the last game that I will be covering, we have the Buccaneers traveling to the New Orleans Saints. The Bucks lost 27-36 to the Saints at home. And Tom Brady pick six right at the end, something you never see any, you just never, that never happens to him. But as far as problems for Tampa Bay goes, where is the run game? Giovanni Bernard led them in rushing, I believe. And he had two carries for 30 yards. I mean, like, I know Brady is one of the greatest passers of all time, but like, come on, you got to have a good run game. I mean, Josh Allen's leading the Bills run game. Brady can't exactly move. You know, they they got to get something started there or that is going to kill them come playoff time. But uh, I guess the big story here is Winston, Jameis Winston. I, I think I saw the highlight of the knee injury. That did not look good. Jameis Winston possibly out for the season. I don't know if it was confirmed or not with anything, but it might be like a torn ACL. It, it did not look good. He was carted off the field. Yeah, we're uh we're hoping for Jameis that he's he's okay. But Trey Simeon, I mean, he came in 16 of 29, 159 yards, one touchdown. Talk about making your you know, any given Sunday, next man up. You know, you got to got to step up and be the man. Tom Brady, he was 28 of 40 for 375 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. That last one being that game sealer. Uh, I already told you, Bernard, two carries, 30 yards. That's ridiculous. They need to get some kind of rush game going if they're going to have any playoff aspirations again this year. Alvin Kamara, 19 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Chris Godwin, who else? Eight receptions, 140 yards, one touchdown. And then White led the New Orleans Saints with one reception for 38 yards. So I think they spread the ball around just a little bit there. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, this was a nice, another one of those heavy divisional games. Tampa, I think, still sitting at top six and two. New Orleans is right beside them at five and two. Um, I think that just the defense that Tampa's got, the defensive injuries that Tampa's got, they're just going to have to overcome those, and they have got to figure out something with the run game, or they're they are not going to be looking to make any uh, make any headway in the playoffs this year. And New Orleans, I mean, Drew Brees went off and. And now, I mean, the question's up in the air now with Jameis Winston being injured. But, man, you know, Trey Simeon, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Taysom Hill's out. Excuse me. Jameis Winston's out. I mean, you know, you got to figure out figure out what to do from here. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where we go. I feel like some of these games were kind of lackluster. But, I mean, if you look at the actual outlooks for them, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of questions. I mean, there's so much football left and it's so much to get excited for. And I believe that comes to the end for me. I know that the uh, Vikings Cowboys game is going on right now. So I am going to go ahead and end this here. Uh, it's actually kind of nice. Hope you all bear with me a little bit and uh, I will talk to you all again on Wednesday. Yeah, spot. Look at the end.